Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Misfit Independent Show. This week's epi is inspired by what happened to me recently and was kind of like a rite of passage with finance creators. So if you don't know, I got impersonated. It happened on TikTok first a while ago. There was about eight different accounts with all kinds of different variations of my name, Nika Farb, Nika Farbe, with an accent That one was probably my favorite because it was like my French alter ego. Although my French alter ego would probably just be Nicole with an E. And I reported the TikTok accounts as soon as they came up. With TikTok, it's a lot faster to take down scams than Instagram for some reason. But if this ever happens to you, FYI, you just need to report the account. And then on Instagram, there is a form you fill out. You upload a photo of your ID, of you holding your ID, and then they eventually take it down. It does take a little bit of time, though. The reason why I'm talking about it is because I was really concerned with the fact that the impersonator was DMing people and they were asking how their trading is going, their crypto trading. And I'll get into how different scams work in detail, but the last thing that I want is for somebody to get scammed out of money thinking that it was me trying to help them. So I want you all to know I'm never going to DM you asking for money. I only ever ask Alex for money when I don't have cash on hand and I need to get my nails done. So anyways... Today, I want to help you learn about what the most common types of scams are, financial scams, and the types of scams that occur on social media. I want to talk about some stories of people that have been affected, and then I'm going to help you badasses know how to avoid them. The more research that I did into this, the more I realized just how deadly these actually are. I was reading people's stories, and there's pages on pages of people reporting scams on Reddit. It's actually kind of wild. And with the rise of social media, it makes sense because people are looking for financial information online and scams are popping up left and right. When I was doing research, I found that more than a third of Canadians, it's actually 36% of people go on social media or Reddit. Reddit was included in this uh, study for investing information. And this was a study that was done by the BC for British Columbia Securities Commission. So... People go on social media in order to find investment advice. It just, it makes sense that that's where the fraudsters want to go. But what they do first is they need to build trust. And this trust is what leads people to actually invest in whatever scam they're running. And the way that they approach you is based on common interests. And that's why the finance content creators have been targeted heavily because they know that the people who follow content creators are looking to grow their money. They're wanting to make investments. They're open to this kind of information. And a lot of the finance creators, their accounts are public. So a scammer can really quickly copy an entire Instagram profile in seconds. There's actually tools to let them do this so quickly you'd be surprised. And then the first step is that they DM or add people. And they're very strategic about who they target. But anybody can be a victim. It's not just old people. And unless you're educated about different types of scams and have a lot of common sense, which is not so common nowadays, I always say, it's it's harder than ever to actually understand what a scam is and what isn't. And I want to tell you guys about a friend of mine. She she was targeted back when scammers were mainly cold calling. So this was back in 2017 during the last crypto rally when Bitcoin ATM started popping up everywhere. So... This is just an example of how a scam like this can happen to anybody. I had a friend get a call and there was a really, really aggressive man on the phone who knew 
hyper-detailed information about her family, her boyfriend, everybody in their family's names, like very, very detailed information about her. So they claimed to have kidnapped her boyfriend and were demanding that she transfer them payment in Bitcoin in order to release him. So you can imagine, like, this is pretty terrifying. This is a slightly different example from what I'm going to be talking about, but this kind of stuff happens all the time. Like this happened in Toronto, Ontario. Okay. Not, you know, in Zimbabwe or it's happening like right in our backyard. And when, when all this was happening, they, they essentially got her to get in her car and drive to a Bitcoin ATM and had her empty her checking account and send it over to them. And I know you're thinking that it sounds fishy and like, how did she not realize that this was a scam? But if you get a call that someone in your family is in danger, somebody is talking to you in a very aggressive way, in a very specific way that is threatening, and it's threatening not just you, but your loved ones, and they have detailed information about you, you're going to act differently. So no, you don't have to be able to be a victim. Things like this happen. They happen everywhere. It's harder to pull off now because we get so many spam calls a day that people just don't pick up the phone if it's a number they don't recognize. But it's extremely important to understand and to be cognizant of when scams like this come up. So that that is a, a one-off example. I'm not going to talk too much about that in detail. But what I'm going to talk about is scams where somebody just DMs you off of Instagram. It's a lot easier to pull something like that off because... The person is anonymous and they can delete their account so quickly if regulators or law enforcement come after them. With finance scams, instead of playing on the aggression front and uh, pulling off scams that way, what they do is they prey on the feeling of FOMO instead. So the first thing that they do is they want to establish trust. And with the ATM example, the way that they did that was... They establish trust by having very detailed information about her life. When with most scams, it's the same. So what they'll do is they'll follow a bunch of your friends so it looks like a reputable person. And then what they do is they try to make what they're offering you so complex that you can't can't even ask questions. So they promise massive returns and they prey on the fact that the people they're targeting are going to be too embarrassed to even ask questions. So they prey on FOMO. And then they also prey on the pressure that people feel to invest. So there's a few red flags that I want you to look for. One, if somebody promises you guaranteed returns with no risk, red flag. If you have questions and they're not answering your questions or avoiding the question, red flag. If they're sliding into your DMs, if it's unsolicited, that is a major red flag. Why is this person approaching you, right? They want to get something out of you. And if you feel like they're preying on FOMO, it's probably a scam as well. So those are the big red flags to look at. And I want to get into the most common types of scams. I'm going to use real life stories, but I want to change the names of people affected so that we keep it anonymous. The first one that I'm going to talk about is gold. Gold's always been thought of as a hedge against inflation, although in reality it actually has a really low correlation to inflation. This is something that you guys can look into, but a much better hedge for inflation is real estate, if you ask me. But recently, a lot more people have been looking into buying gold so that they keep their money safe. They've probably been listening to too much Peter Schiff, but either way, it's good to diversify. 
So let's say you want to buy some gold. How do you do it? Ideally, you go to your bank or you go to the Royal Canadian Mint. You can buy it online. They've got an online uh, platform. And there are also these official online retailers that you can use as well. But what if you didn't buy gold from your bank? And what if you don't trust the banks and want to make investments without keeping your bank informed? So so maybe you'd want to do this to avoid paying capital gains tax. Maybe you're a hippie and you want to live off grid and you just want to have some form of security, financial security, in case the world goes to shit. So that's an example of why you wouldn't want to buy gold from the bank. So there is somebody like this. Her name is Maria. She was looking into investing into gold for a while, but she was hesitant to do it through her bank. And she was on a bunch of subreddits, commenting on different threads, and she was approached by a company. So in a comment thread, another company had commented after her, and they were raising money to reopen a defunct mine. So basically a mine that closed down, wasn't operational, they were reopening it. And they were taking investments to purchase equipment. They promised her a very high return, plus a stake in the proceeds of the mine. So she thought that she was getting this unique opportunity, this exclusive opportunity. So she became an investor. She sent the money so that they could purchase this equipment. And then she got scammed out of thousands of dollars because the mine didn't exist. So Maria's example, that's just one version of a scam. You know, the chances that you're going to invest into an up and coming gold mine that is being refurbished, chances of that are pretty low, but there's all kinds of other scams related to gold. I'm going to talk about all these scams asset by asset. So in other types of gold scams, they sell gold bullion, which is basically bulk high pure metal, and they offer to keep it in a secure vault and then promise to sell it when the value goes up. So the reason why this would be attractive to an investor is gold itself is fairly difficult to buy and sell. You have to do it through another party like a bank. And so there's different steps involved. And that's why having um, a company that can securely keep it for you and sell it when it goes up is, is attractive. I can understand why. But in most cases, the gold bullion doesn't exist. So same way the mine didn't exist, the gold bullion doesn't exist. So you're buying into this complete scam. So there's a few common characteristics that you want to look out for with gold scams. One is there's usually a pressure campaign and it's it's going to involve a few different uh, channels. Social media is a really big channel for this, but there's also phone calls and email lists. And basically what they do is they make speculative claims about what the future price of that mining company stock or the gold company, what it's going to look like. So if it's a mine, They'll actually let you visit the property, but only during specific times with, you know, careful supervision. If it's an actual mine, they'll also heavily overestimate the amount of gold that's found within the mine. They'll have a sexy website where there's lots of pictures that show you what the mine looks like. And I'm doing air quotes. You can't see, but yeah, this mine doesn't exist most of the time. Sometimes they'll talk about the fact that they have access to specialty markets that you as an investor won't have access to. So that's where they actually get this gold that doesn't exist. And this one's my favorite. So they they plan to recover sunken gold from the ocean floor or buried treasure from a secret location. So, I mean, obviously if you read that, that just screams scam. But I wanted to throw that in. With gold scams as well, the investor pays a fee and they're actually paid to recruit others. This is screaming major pyramid scheme, but um, something to make note of. So TLDR, if you're buying gold, buy it from a reputable place. Ideally, go to your bank and don't buy it 
from a source that's not trustworthy. Don't invest in gold mines unless you're buying into a stock of a publicly traded company and you've done your due diligence. So that's it for gold. Now we've got crypto scams. And honestly, there are so many here that I could go on and on. And I've, I've talked about a few different types of crypto scams before in my past crypto episodes. But I'll talk about a few here that I've personally been exposed to, my friends have been exposed to. And when I talk about crypto scams, I'm going to talk about crypto assets because outside of, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Binance, Solana, you can invest in blockchain companies like BlockFi. You can invest in crypto funds that hold a bunch of different coins or NFTs. Back in 2017 and 2021, actually, there was a big crypto bull run and ICOs or initial coin offerings and initial token offerings, ITOs were really big. And those were essentially new coins that anybody could make. So we know that crypto is high risk because it's highly speculative. But with crypto scams, a scammer is going to promise you massive returns with little or no risk. And this actually happened to another close friend of mine. I'm going to call him Matt. So Matt is deep in crypto. He's been trading. He's been following all kinds of different trading gurus. And he made a bit of money doing it part time. But he got this DM from a massive trading account on Instagram. And the guy asked him how his trading was going. They chatted back and forth for a little bit. And Matt thought that he was talking to this big trading guru, like a massive account. So he was fangirling a bit. And then the guy offered to put money into a crypto trading platform for him. So it's actually an app. Matt downloads the app and then he sends money to the fraudster to invest. So he sends him money from his crypto wallet to a different crypto address. And then the scammer says that he, he's going to be able to see his funds in the app soon. So then the guy disappears. He stops all communication and probably, actually most likely moves the money overseas. But the thing is, once it's on the blockchain, once you send money to an address, there's no way to get it back unless that address sends it back to where it received it from. So that money's in the netherworlds. It's, it's gone. And Matt checks the app, but the money is there. And it shows that he actually made returns. But the key thing here is that the trading profits that he's supposed to be making are actually all fake. So the scammer did move the money overseas long ago. And then he reappears and he asks Matt to send him more money, claiming he needs it to pay taxes and pay all these fees so that he can take his non-existent profits out of the crypto trading platform. And then the cycle repeats itself. So it's, it's a double whammy. With crypto, look at reputable platforms. Look at exchanges that have a lot of support. Scammers are going to try to use really complicated language that's difficult to understand, especially with crypto. There's all these new things. It's hard to, to understand how they work fully. So that's what the scammers take advantage of. They take advantage of new tech to carry out their scams. So what I want you to watch out for is sales pitches that are hard to understand. And if anybody is promising you high returns in crypto with little to no risk, Massive red flag. Also, if someone DMs you, that's unsolicited. Again, something to keep in mind. Okay, next I want to get into binary options. And there's actually no business or individual that's registered or authorized to sell or even market binary options in Canada, FYI. So they're fully illegal in Canada. And how they work is the investor bets on the performance of an underlying asset like currency like the stock market and 
they bet on what's going to happen in a short time frame. Usually it's minutes or even seconds for binary options. And when that period's up, the investor either gets a payout or loses their investment. So if you do want to explore options, I want you to look into covered calls. You have limited risk because you actually own the stock. So covered calls is a much better approach if this is something that you want to explore. So the reason why binary options are illegal is because of how these businesses actually sell them and and position this type of investment. They don't target any one particular type of investment. It's more so an investment vehicle that people don't even realize is a scam. So I want to give you an example of somebody that was targeted and I was reading their story. I'm going to call her Sydney. And she saw a bunch of social media posts where people are talking about how easy and profitable it is to trade options. And she read that it's a new tool in the investment space and how, you know, within a couple of hours, people are making thousands of dollars. So she decides to try it out. Sydney finds a platform, looks like a reputable website, creates an account, deposits money into it from her checking account, and then starts trading options a couple hours later. What she doesn't know is that all the trades are rigged and that investors can't actually withdraw any money that they deposit or get any actual profits. So eventually what happens is the website that she was trading on shuts down. They take all of the investors' money and they disappear. And the cherry on top is that she also put her credit card data in at first. She ended up pulling money out through her checking account, but she puts her credit card data in and that credit card data gets stolen. So outside of losing money, she also has to reach out to her credit card's fraud department in order to cancel that card. With binary options, the biggest red flag you want to look out for is any claims that options are low risk and provide high returns in a short time frame. Options are very high risk. They can provide high returns potentially, but the risk element is something that's really, really critical. And when they're marketed, sometimes they're called offshore or tax-free investments. And the language that scammers use is... It's very pressuring and it's trying to get you to take part in something that's exciting and exclusive. The word exclusive is key. So they want to make it seem like this is an investment vehicle only for the rich and few people have access to it. That's that's language that's very common in all types of scams, but with binary options because it doesn't look like a scam and they don't usually target people. It's just a website that people interact with. Sometimes they'll have people promote it on social media, but It doesn't look like a scam, so you want to be mindful of the language that they use in order to get people to actually invest. Next, I want to talk about Forex scams. And there's a reason I never talk about the Forex market. And the reason is it's highly, highly volatile. So I had a neighbor actually growing up. His name was Nick, and he used to be a Forex trader. He smoked two packs of cigarettes a day. He was stressed 99% of the time. He barely slept. So whenever I think of FX traders, I think of Nick and his skinny jeans, bags under his eyes, constantly jittery. But the thing is, Nick wasn't a scammer. Like, he was just trading out on his own. That's just the image that I think of when I see Forex. So as a side note. But the Forex market, or sometimes called FX market, is just basically buying one currency and selling another. So if you look at the euro right now, it's hella low. The US dollar and the euro are almost equal. So your buying power in Europe, if you get paid in US dollars goes a lot further right now than it did before. 
the last time I was this close was actually when I was on exchange in Prague. It was just about one-to-one. So all of my American friends were like, wow, it's so cheap out here. It's like one-to-one to the US dollar, but the Canadian dollar was a little bit weaker. With Forex, where the scam comes in is first they want to promote a course or have people learn how to trade. So it's extremely high risk and it's really tough to do. It's tough even for like large financial institutions that employ professional traders and have all these tools accessible to them. It's it's a tough thing to do. But what these Forex scammers do is they promise high returns. That's been a common theme. But what they do is that's unique is they try to get you to attend seminars or buy software that's going to unlock the mysteries of the Forex market. So here's a real life story of someone who tried to invest in a Forex scam. And I'm going to change his name to Alex. No, it's not my Alex, but he bought a course from a reseller on Instagram. So this person contacted him and told him to wire money offshore. He told him his money was going to be going to a pool or a fund that would be managed by expert Forex traders. And he told him that there was going to be no risk, that people do this all the time, sent him screenshots of massive returns. But he didn't talk about the track record of of any of the traders, and he didn't answer any questions about how the fund actually worked. So Alex sent money offshore. He wired it over, actually. Never saw it again. So 20 minutes after he sent the wire, he goes back on Instagram to message the guy to confirm that he sent it and the account blocked him, couldn't reach him again. So that's just an example of one type of Forex scam. Uh, You might see people commenting on all kinds of different TikTok threads. This is really common. If somebody hashtags investing, for example, you have all of these bots that will comment and talk about this one person who got them all of these crazy returns and that they're the best Forex trader. Just completely ignore those messages. And if you see if you see them, a really good thing to do is actually to report those people because there are, there are people that, you know, maybe haven't listened to this episode that aren't as educated that are going to fall for those schemes. So if you see it, just report it. That's the best thing that you can do. Next, we have pump and dump schemes. So these are actually pretty simple and they give me very like GameStop, AMC vibes, but not actually because with GameStop and AMC, that was just a bunch of investors trying to stick it to the hedge funds. They weren't scammers. They were everyday people. In a pump and dump, there's a fraudster that tries to get people to purchase a publicly traded stock so that it drives up its price. So with stocks, demand causes the price of a stock to pump, Econ 101. And then when the fraudster sells the stock, they're selling it in this artificial market that they've created, and then they dump their shares. So they make a huge profit, but once they dump, everybody who owned that stock is stuck with something that has a lot less value than what they paid for it. And a lot of crypto ICOs or ITOs worked like this. So they got a bunch of people to promote their coin or new project. It's called shilling. And then the original investors or the people that got in early that had massive amounts of this token in the crypto world, they are called whales. They would dump their tokens once the price went up and everybody who didn't dump got screwed. So that's why a lot of traditional investors won't touch shit coins with like a 10 foot pole. And in the stock market, we see it too. Like with pump and dumps, the people who promote the stock, usually they own a lot or most of a publicly traded company. 
So usually it's family or associates of the company that are taking part in the scam because they have access to owning lots of shares. And the key thing with pump and dumps is they usually trade in markets that aren't heavily regulated. So they promote the stock on blogs, on YouTube, on Instagram, TikTok, and they try to pump the price. They even hire newsletter writers to put in a good word and suggest that the company is a great buy. And when they do all these things, this lets the scammers sell at a relatively high price because as they're promoting it, more and more people are buying it. And usually it's a pretty unheard of company, like a really random company without a whole lot of demand for it outside of this pump. So in the end, when everybody gets gets screwed and the price drops, there's a lack of market. Like there's not a whole lot of investors that actually want to trade the stock. So it results in investors owning almost worthless, untradeable stock. Red flags that you want to look out for with pump and dumps. One, if it's a startup company that has little or no business history and it's being promoted as the next best thing, red flag. If they're using pressure tactics and promotional language, like get in before it's too late, they're trying to play on FOMO. So that's a red flag. And this is a big one for pump and dump specifically and something that you can always see as well. But if there is a sudden surge in buying and selling this stock, and it has little to no trading history, that's a red flag. The last type of scam that I'm going to talk about is one that people that are closer to retirement are going to be affected by. So this may not directly affect a lot of my listeners right now, but something to be mindful of. And as your parents are starting to retire, as you have friends that start to retire, think about this and just make sure that you're mindful of it. But the last one I'm going to talk about is a retirement savings unlocking scheme. And this one is just blatantly wrong. Like, I mean, all scams are wrong because you're screwing people out of their hard-earned money. But this one is just blatantly wrong. So I have a family friend who's pretty close to retiring. He had a massive RSP because he started investing early and he had matching contributions from work. So he knew that if you take money out of your RSP, you're taxed at that marginal tax rate. And he wanted to avoid having to pay more in taxes. So he found a company that promised to access the cash value of his locked retirement savings account, his RSP. It was through his company, so it wasn't self-directed. It was a managed account. And when he found this company, they told him that he needed to transfer his managed RSP to a self-directed RSP through that company. And they promised to get him an insane return on the remaining amount that was actually invested. So... They got him to sell a bunch of his investments in the RSP. He had some cash on hand there. And then he also, um, they also promised to invest the remaining funds that were in that RSP. Self-directed accounts are not something necessarily to be afraid of. They're actually a great tool if you want to manage your investments yourself and have control over where your RSP is and what, what it's invested into. So it's not a bad thing. But what happened to my family friend is when he moved the account and it was self-directed, the firm that he moved it to would essentially act like an independent financial advisor. So they had access to invest in all kinds of different instruments that were pretty much full-on scams. So not only that, but he also incurred serious tax implications because he was unknowingly taking money out of his RSP. 
So with the RSP scam, you want to watch out for these flags. Anytime somebody is advising you to withdraw funds from a locked retirement savings account and moving it to a self-directed account, that is something to look into. In general, it might not be a bad idea, again, if you want to manage your account. The keyword is you. If you're using an investment advisor, make sure it's somebody that you trust. And watch out if this intermediary is claiming that they're going to reduce your debt through new sources of income. This is the language that this type of scam uses. They say that they're going to reduce your debt through new sources of income like dividends or interest payments. They promise to give you immediate access to your assets that are in a locked retirement savings plan. So this is RRSPs or RRFs. And they offer unrealistic returns on investment or high interest and dividend payments. These are the types of language that they use again. They're very aggressive with their advertising. They've got promotional meetings that talk about investments and that help you unlock your retirement account. So this is kind of reminding me a little bit of like MLMs, but if there are meetings or workshops for some sort of investment group, that screams red flag to me. Like if somebody is hosting a webinar or some sort of event and they're affiliated with an organization, they're promoting something about that organization, it's going to be a sales pitch. So that's something that you, you want to look at and avoid, obviously. But the most important thing, if you're going to take away anything from this episode, is that if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. So trust your gut. If someone's soliciting you, if someone's sliding into your DMs, stay away. Just report and block. And if they're offering high returns with no risk, run. Because that doesn't exist in reality. That's all for today, guys. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Stay tuned for next week. Ciao.